We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. Okay, ready? Think what you know, and it's about a time when you get yourself in a I want to it's a ratio. Okay, though. It's a ratio. Okay, though. That might be the best question I've ever been asked. You're a phenomenal person. I mean, you legendary. I am a fan of you, my brother. How do you know when you're in the level of casting before you've started who's going to be a villain? What are you what are you seeing that makes you say, mm, yeah, she she's gonna be the one? Narcissism traits. Um a a very um snarky personality, if you will. Very um inherently cold. <laughs> you know, it's sort of like when you go on the first date and you're getting to know the person that's across the table from you and you know within minutes this is not going to be the person I want to spend the rest of my life with because he or she has these traits. As I cast people, Teray, I know a star within 30 seconds. I, I know instantly there's a, there's a wink and an eye when there's a star that you encounter. I know a villain within 30 seconds because they are um, challenging to extract things out of. So because I've been doing this for, oh my gosh, 14 years, I know instantly who I need to cast on my show. Carlos King is called the king of reality TV. He's worked on so many reality shows that we have loved. He's now working at OWN. He also has a late night talk show there. But I wanted to know about how reality TV really works, how you make a great show. And he said, the key is casting. Let's get into it. It's Carlos King, the king of reality TV on Touré Show. Take us inside the, the the philosophy. How does reality television work? What makes it like, you know, click when it does? Because there's certain shows that click and tons of people fall. And there's certain shows that just kind of fall by the wayside. And to the untrained eye, they look the same. Why is this, you know, going viral and this is just falling flat? Yeah, what's interesting is I always say this to people. The successful reality shows lives or dies with casting. Mm. You know, it's sort of like the casting of a scripted show. The script can be great, but is the actor pulling um, the character out to the point where you love them or you hate them or you 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 resonate with that person? So that same mindset, Tarek, goes into unscripted as well, um, but even much more of an important role because, again, no one's playing a character or reading a script. So the casting of these stars and their ability to showcase their truth and their real life, but also having the responsibility of being relatable and sometimes being likable, depending on the show. So I always tell people, 
is a tall order to ask someone like me or you to Ray, like go on a TV show, expose your life, talk about your marriage, your family, but at the same time, do it with a smile. You know what I mean? So um, they're it's very courageous. It's a brilliant point because, you know, do I really think about watching, you know, Real Housewives or The Bachelor? Maybe, maybe not. But it's like, I want to see what New York does this week. Or I want to see what Candy does or what Nene says after so-and-so flipped the table on her. And I get pulled into like, I don't even like her, but I want to see what she does and says next week. Yes, exactly. No, it's, it's, it's a, listen, reality TV is a very diverse genre because you have your house flipping shows and there's people who love that. You have your Dr. Pimple Popper, and people love seeing a doctor, you know, bust open a pimple, right? Uh, but then you also have your docu-ensembles like A Real Housewives or A Love and Marriage, where it really is about falling in love with these people who start off ordinary, but then become superstars based on the show that they're on. Mm, but you have to be able to see that. I remember when my... When my daughter was going into uh, pre-K and they were talking about how they sort of try to plan and curate the class. And there's different people that they think about. And some of the kids are like mayors and that they'll be leaders and bring people together. Certain people are good followers. Certain people are like, you know, going to be glue between different little communities. Some people are like just going to stick and they don't want a room full of mayors and they don't want a room full of followers. They want, you know, different sort of people so that the, it becomes a community. Do you sort of, when you're casting, do you sort of think about people in that way? And like, she's an alpha, you know, he's a beta. Like I want like, you know, somebody who's going to be led astray, somebody who's going to flip a table. Maybe I, you know, she might be a villain, like, but let's not have three villains. Cause that would be like, talk about how you, how you think about the potential folks. No, there's a science to it. So everything you broke down to Ray is exactly the way we go into casting. So yes, you don't want to have an ensemble show where everyone's a villain because who are you rooting for? Who's who, <laughs> who, who, who do you like? Can you stomach watching this person? Um, or in this case, these people every week, so you do go with the science of, okay, this person um, has more of an alpha personality. This person is more beta. This person is very villain-esque. This person is super sweet and super nice. And what I always tell people is I look at my friendships that I have with my friends. And it is sort of broken down in that sense to where, you know, you have the comedian um, I'm sort of that in my friendship group, but I'm more of the glue. Like I'm the glue that keeps everyone together, but we also have a friend in our group who is a villain who you have to watch out for. You have to say, you can't have no more cocktails because when you do, you go crazy. <laughs> and then you have someone who is just super sweet. And that's the person you call when you have an issue. So I think if you look at your own personal friendship group, it is sort of um, diverse in that sense. And that's what I apply to my reality shows. It's funny because y you might, I mean, you, like all of us, are in multiple friendship groups. And you might be the glue in one group and the leader in another. And maybe you're the villain in another group. So the, the chemistry of the people is also really critical. Yeah. It, it, and it's the reason why we call it a social experiment. And that's the reason why reality TV has taken a life on its own because people find themselves within these characters, if you will, or they find their friends within these characters. And that's the reason why the reality TV audience, they are super passionate about the show and the people and they have an opinion and they want to tell you how to live your life or what they would do, what they wouldn't do. It sort of reminds me of, again, going back to scripted, when an actor portrayed a very good role as a villain. And you've heard these stories interviewing celebrities, how moviegoers really do think like, Denzel, are you really that person in Training Day? Or are you more like Malcolm X? Like, which one is it? So uh, <laughs> when it comes to reality, it's very straight and narrow in terms of their opinions of you 
And they're like, no, this is who you are. I have a problem with it. And we need to talk about it. How do you know when you're in the level of casting before you've started, who's going to be a villain? What are you, what are you seeing that makes you say, mm, yeah, she, she's going to be the one? Narcissism traits. Um, a, a very, um, snarky personality, if you will, very, um, inherently cold, (laughs) you know, it's sort of like when you go on the first date and you're getting to know the person that's across the table from you and you know, within minutes, this is not going to be the person I want to spend the rest of my life with because he or she has these traits. As I cast people, Teray, I know a star within 30 seconds. I, I know instantly there's a, there's a wink in an eye when there's a star that you encounter. I know a villain within 30 seconds because they are um, challenging to extract things out of. So because I've been doing this for, oh my gosh, 14 years, I know instantly who I need to cast on my shows. Stars, villains, what are the other categories you need to fill in? You always need, well, it's funny. I am not a huge sports guy, but I learned this word through um, a reality star on New York Housewives called Ebony K. Williams. Yeah. Um, she said a sports coach told her um, there's always a force multiplier um, in a team. And the force multiplier is sort of like the leader who rallies the other team members to become cohesive. I always call that oh. person the queen bee, so the force. <laughs> which, which no one wants to hear so, who isn't so, a queen bee. So I would say you need your force multiplier. You need the person who sort of is the Carrie Bradshaw of the group. You know what I mean? The, the sort of um, Khadija James from Living Single. The person who just can get everyone on the same page, on the same accord, you respect them, you heed their advice, and they know how to keep things on an evil playing field. So you need that. You need your comedian. You need your comic relief. Again, let's go back to scripted. You need your um, Martin. You know, you need your Martin Lawrence type. You need somebody who's just, who can make you laugh. Because again, it's entertainment. So you want a comedian. And you also need the villain. You know, you need your, in this case, I would say, because I, I just love comparing it to scripted shows, I would say you need your um, Whitley Gilbert. You know how she just, yeah, very, very funny, but likable, but very villain-esque, because it's sort of like, again, narcissist, um, grandiose Tem- nature. Tem- temper. Temper, exactly. Um, and you know, only cares about themselves. Mm. And you also see quite often the, let's say, dim-witted person who's constantly <laughs> saying things that the audience is like, she can't possibly, or he can't possibly be that dumb. Yeah. Yeah, you need your you need your jock. <laughs> or in this case, your, uh, we'll call that person your jilly, your jockey. So you need that person who, you know, let's say aloof. You know, just a little bit aloof. Yeah. But now when you have your cast, you're dressing them up a little bit, especially your shows are glamorous, right? You don't do yeah. a, a, a dirty shows, right? They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're pretty to look at, but like how much surreality is okay. Cause we you know some of these people are in rented homes. That's not where they lived before the show. That might not be their car. That's not their outfit, you know? So how much dressing up is okay before it's like, this is not, we're kind of doing a scripted show now. We're not really doing a reality show anymore. Yes. Well, that's a very good question. What's interesting is when I cast for a show, I go in knowing exactly where you live, what kind of car you drive, what you do for a living. Um, because I have been a part of other shows where season, we call it the season two curse. Season one, everyone themselves, they're regular schmegular because they are like, this is just me. This is how I am. And then season two, you're like, oh, you got this season two glow up. Your car's different. Is it rented? Wait, you moved into a new house that's bigger? Okay. 
wow, your fashions are definitely more high-end. Oh, the makeup this, is... This is always coming from them? It's not from you guys? Oh, no, that's the thing. It's not from us. So let me, yeah, let me answer that. It's not from the production at all. This is what happens to Ray. When a reality star, remember, they go in being themselves because that's why they were cast to be on the show. Like Carlos King said, to be myself, and that's why I'm here. So I live in this house. I drive this car. These are my outfits in my closet. Yay. What happens is this. The moment the episodes air and they go on social media, oh my gosh, your house is tacky. Why do you have popcorn, um, um, doo-doo brown carpet? Why do you have a white refrigerator? You don't have um, um, uh, whatever the case may be. So they read these comments and they're like, oh my gosh, I am low-key average. So then when they get another chance, <laughs> have another season, I'm going to tell you what else happens. People reach out to these stars, a makeup artist, a hairstylist, a, a, a fashion stylist, a real estate agent. Everybody reaches out to the reality star saying, hey, I can hook you up. Just give me um, X amount of money and tag me on Instagram so that I can get more businesses. And that's what happens. And they also have a different level of notoriety in their world, right? It's not just social media. They're going to parties. They're out. People are recognizing them on the street. And then they feel a pressure to elevate. Live up to the standards of being a celebrity. Because again, when you are going back to scripted, or even not just scripted, just being a celebrity, you know, a singer, uh, 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 a producer in Hollywood. When you are somebody who gets recognized on the street, especially when you're a woman, most women feel that they have to keep up with the appearance and the, you know, listen, how many women have we worked with, Teray, where they're like, I'm not going outside looking like this. There's a, there's an expectation you know, when you meet me, you know, because they're going to ask for a picture. And if they post a picture of me with no makeup, wearing a baseball cap, it can ruin my image. But it And it's not coming from the team because it's valuable to you for them to glow up. Well, this is the thing. What's interesting, though, is, is it, it really is not valuable for us in terms of them glowing up. Listen, when we cast you for a show, obviously, we look at your appearance. I mean, it's, you're on television. Right. Um, so if we cast you to be on a show, honestly, we're fine with how you look. You look fine. You're you're fine. I have a show on the Oprah Winfrey Network called Love and Marriage Huntsville. It's the number one show on the network. They live in Huntsville, Alabama, and they are an attractive group of people um, and they live very regular. So what happened was as the show started to become a hit, and more people started to watch, then you started to see, oh, you look different. Wait, mm-hmm. you moved to a new home. You're driving a nicer <laughs> car. Your makeup's better. It's because they, obviously, they're making money courtesy of being on television, and that helps, but it's never us because, again, I know that people are into Love and Marriage Huntsville, Teray, because you've never seen Huntsville, Alabama people on television. So they like the nuance of, oh, look at you. I like how you look. And then when they become Beyonce overnight, they're like, wait a second, I was enjoying you looking regular. So that's the problem that I have to have with my cast. Like, calm down on the glam. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door, thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, Let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. 
one of the people who helped inspire me to want to be in broadcasting is Oprah Winfrey. She's an inspiration for so many of us, but her daytime talk show was so incredible. And it told me that you could be black and authentic and real on TV. And that made me want to do it too. Black Stories, Black Truths is NPR's new collection that's a celebration of blackness. Each of NPR's black voices are as direct, varied, distinct, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and how to create world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account of what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. Black perspectives that haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story, but now they are the story. On NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, as nuanced, and as Black as we are. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Influencer. It's a word that gets tossed around a lot these days. There is a woman who went the distance, who broke ground as the first true influencer by living a remarkable life. Her name, Elizabeth Taylor. I'm Katy Perry. This is the story of the original influencer. This is Elizabeth the First. Elizabeth the First, the podcast, wherever you listen. So wait, let's talk about Love and, Hunt, Love and Marriage Huntsville for a second. Number one show on OWN. Why is that show working? It's all about the cast and the chemistry of their friendships and the, the trajectory that each couple is going on in their relationship. So Love and Marriage Huntsville is about three couples who live in Huntsville, Alabama, and their friendship as the couples... Um, has oh my gosh is going on 10 years at this point but prior they, to that they had been friends before they met you before they met me they were friends for a total of six years as 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 couples but the husbands went to college together they went to well um alabama a&m so, so camaraderie yeah so it's the organic friendships and it's what each couple is going through in their marriage you know one couple was going through an infidelity scandal um, the other couple was going through a housewife who wanted to go back to work because the kids were um, of school age to where she doesn't have to be there every day. And another couple, um, a woman was getting married for the first time at 48 years old. Wow. So they all had these different challenges. And again, they looked regular. And the own audience was like, I can relate to them. I actually can see myself in their world. If you were to cast, let's say, me on one of your shows, are, are you and your cameramen and, and women in my house and in my life 24 hours a day? No, not 24 hours a day. So everything is scheduled. So you'll say to me, Carlos, I do my podcast through these, these hours on these days, um, but I have three hours to give you on, on a Tuesday. So those three hours on a Tuesday we film you. We film you doing what you would do if there were no cameras there. So everything is scheduled around your career, your life. So you got. So we worked three hours on Tuesday, but then seven hours on Wednesday. So it, yeah, it, it all, can... exactly. Everything, everything is centered around your schedule. Because you know, listen, these people have real jobs. You know, these people. You know, some of them are real estate agents. Um, so we work around your schedule, or you'll say. You can come follow me in my office and we'll do that. But nothing is 24 hours. There isn't cameras in your home while you go to sleep or when you wake up. None of that happens. You know when you're being filmed. Can I say no? Like we get into a fight and I turn to the camera and be like, you got to stop. You can't have this. Or you're like, no, you can't say no to us. You can't say no to Carlos King now. (laughs) (laughs) But, but, But I'll say this. I'll say this. 
it's a conversation, right? It's, it's a conversation of, um, you know, this is getting too crazy. I need to leave. Okay. That's, if that's your reality, that you will leave the situation, then we will follow you leaving and then driving off and going home. And we won't follow you home. Um, but in terms of turning to the camera saying, don't shoot this. This is real life. No. Well, that, that's why we're here. You know, so <laughs> there, there needs to be a conversation. How much uh, we've always heard that these folks are drinking more than you would think like off camera, which thus fuels some of the on camera behavior that's extra. See, that's the thing. And, 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 and I'm going to be very honest with you when I say this. Every reality show is ran differently. So I will say this to you on the shows that I produce that I've never seen that happen. It doesn't happen on my, my set or my shows. However, I have heard on other shows that, you know, there's this, like this liquor courage that some cast members have because they need the ability to be brave enough to go on camera having a conversation. So I, I, I have heard that. Um, but the beauty of my shows is we, we don't believe in that. And it's like, if I saw that someone had a drinking problem, that's when you draw the line and say, this just isn't interesting anymore because it's, it's borderline dangerous. Like so I never want to put them in danger. Are you not doing anything to help make sure that there's conflict and encourage the conflict and no, no. And that's the thing. And, and the reason why I'm happy to be a visible um, person in reality TV is to debunk the sort of myths that people have when it comes to reality television. Like I said, I can't talk about every single reality show in the right. world because I don't know how they run. But what I can say based on the Carlos King produced shows, not at all. And that's the reason why I have a stellar rapport with my cast members, because we just don't do that. And I think that's the laziest trick in the book to try to um, force people or create stuff for them to behave a certain way. That's not good television. So wait, are you saying that all the shows you've done, if I said you got to call the cast members and just say, hey, how you doing? Just check it in. And everybody would take your call. There's not somebody who's like... Mm, Carlos, he did me wrong. I don't like the way I looked at that show. I ain't fucking with that nigga. <laughs> <laughs> there, no, listen. There's, there's nobody? I would say if I had to do, like, a poll, I am at the 99 percentile. Seriously. Seriously. And, but, and, so and who's, who's the one? Who's the one who you're like, I don't really want to call her right now. I think she's a little. Oh, well, that's, well, no, no, no. I, the reason why, I, there's no one in particular. The reason why I'm saying 99% because, listen, I don't know what people are saying about me behind my back. <laughs> so, you know, you never know. Um, but I have a stellar rapport with my cast. And that's the reason why when you see me on social media, um, we still follow each other. We still have great interactions. We... I have a late night show on the Oprah Winfrey Network and I'm the booker because I call my friends and say, hop on this show. They're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to support you. So, okay. Your shows are beautiful. And yet a lot of times folks are acting what we would say ratchet on the shows. Right. And you, and you're So you're giving America beautiful looking black people with some ratchetness. Uh, and some people See, I would disagree with that. Okay. Why? Real because Housewives of Atlanta that didn't didn't dive into red loving loving hip hop. <laughs> well, that's the thing. The reason so those oh, let me just say this to you: Housewives of Atlanta. I did one season of loving hip hop. Those shows, um, I wasn't the creator of those shows. My company did not produce those shows. Okay. Um, and you know, this being the business, you're hired as a freelancer to support the machine, right? Okay, okay. So I never had final say in terms of what was happening in the edit. I didn't cast those shows. Okay. I was literally like, Carlos, work in the show and, you know, follow this storyline. You're not responsible um, for that creative. No, that's not okay. my, that's not my, my, my shtick. So, and that is the reason why I created my production company, Kingdom Rain Entertainment, because I wanted to show a different side of Black people. I wanted to show a different side of what we do. And listen, not everything is pretty, right? That's just the way the world is. 
Um, but I wanted to show more of elevation. And that's the reason why when it comes to my shows, I don't get no a lot. I, mm. I count on one hand someone saying no to me. Mm. People prefer to be on a Carlos King produced show because they're saying to themselves, based on what we're seeing, your stuff is so real, is real life. And yes, things may happen where an argument may take place or whatever, but your business and your reputation is still in- intact. And the beauty of my shows is everybody has a business before, during, and after. Mm, mm, mm. Nobody has lost their job because Not of what one. happened on your show. That would be they tragic. gained multiple jobs. That's 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 why they're begging to be on my. I get so many DMs to rate. Like literally, I have probably thousands of unchecked DMs. I just can't do it. Where people are like, "Cast me, cast me," because they see that. You know, it would it would it would be sad. It's one thing to create a moment of conflict. It would be sad if somebody walked away from your show and like, damn, I lost my job uh, because of what happened on that show. Like it changed my life in a, in a downward way. Like that would be really sad. I, I can live with myself if that happened. No, have and that's you, the reason why. Oh, go ahead. Have you seen uh, a marriage dissolve because yeah. of uh, because of what happened on your shows? Oh, no. It's because of infidelity that happened before they got on the show. It would have happened without you. Oh, yeah. No, Love and Marriage Huntsville, a marriage. We did follow divorce. But the show started off with the conversation of infidelity. And this person was cheating on his wife two years prior to being on the show and continuously kept cheating. Even when they were taping the show, the show was airing during hiatus. Then the following season, it was continuous. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's life. <laughs> I mean, reality in general, not specifically Carlos King, but reality in general has been criticized as sort of promoting the worst behavior in human beings and like celebrating and putting a spotlight on the worst behavior. And you get that reality show love per se because you flip the table or what have you. How do you feel about the way that reality is impacting America in terms of putting that forward in people's faces? Well, that's the thing. What what I always say to people is, you know, when you think about the media, the media and the television medium, people love to say those things about reality. But what's so interesting that people don't talk about because they don't have the articulation to do it <laughs> is... <laughs> that was ah, I love the shade. <laughs> Come you know, on, I right. um, Reality television is watched millions less than scripted. So, mm. what I always tell people that I think is so interesting is, you really going to blame reality for perpetuating stereotypes? Reality TV, the most that people watch on reality TV is at the most terrain. The absolute most, 1.5 million people. All if you shows. look at 1.5 million um, audiences for one show, right? So Let's much, say that's, one that's show the biggest, that many. That's the biggest show. That's the biggest show, 1.5 million. You look at a show like Power that I love. Um, the Power Universe that 50 Cent and Courtney Kim created is one of the best scripted shows I've ever watched in my life. I'm a huge fan of the franchise. Um that show obviously celebrates gangbanging and violence and drug dealing and all those things. That show is watched by 10 times more people. So I always implore people to understand you can't sit up here. I feel and like blame. there's I, I, I don't I don't necessarily want to blame reality, but I think that on reality we see more relatable real characters who remind us of us and our friends doing things that are, let's say, antisocial on Empire, which was, you know, a a massive phenomenon. Yeah, you had it wasn't the same sort of antisocial behavior. They might say mean things to each other, but they weren't even relatable. They're like, you know, rich, you know, leaders of, of an empire. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's different. 
I don't. <laughs> I don't feel it's different. I think at the end of the day, media is media. I, I grew up in a time where C. Dolores Tucker um, did, a, did a whole petition to get rid of hip-hop music. And I would never get this image that I yeah. saw of Tupac Shakur and NAACDs getting trampled by, you know, yeah. massive trucks. Um, when all they were doing was doing freedom of speech because, again, this Black woman felt that you are perpetuating stereotypes of Black people when they were saying, this is our reality, right? And I look at something like that. So I always say to people, you know, when it comes to anything that's Black, I'm just going to be very direct, when it comes to anything that's Black... What does eating healthy mean to you? Whatever your eating goals... Thrive Market is the best place to get all your groceries and household essentials. And getting Thrive shipped to your door is like having a great supermarket right outside your house. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and ethical sourcing methods. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks or low sugar alternatives or gluten-free essentials, Thrive Market's got it and their site lets you curate your shopping experience quickly. And as a Thrive member, I save on every order. Usually about 30%, which of course I love. And when you join, you help a family in need with the membership matching program. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a $60 gift for free. Go to thrivemarket.com slash for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E Market dot com slash Torrey thrive market dot com slash Torrey on March 16th 2000 two sheriff's deputies were shot in Atlanta Jamil Alamine a Muslim leader and former black power activist was convicted but the evidence was shaky and the whole truth didn't come out during the trial my name is Mosi secret and when I started investigating this case in my hometown I uncovered a dark truth about America from tenderfoot tv campside media and iheart podcasts radical is available now Listen to the new podcast, Radical, for free on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. That goes against people's ideology of how Black people should think or act. They immediately go to the blame game. And that's why for me, Mm. if you want to blame reality, that's fine. But you can't blame reality only. Not blame scripted. Not blame music. Not blame the 11 o'clock news. You know, if, if, if we're going to share in the responsibility, that's fine. But let's all do it collectively. And let's, let's, let's all come together with that. So, again, let's go back to the structure. Mm-hmm. I agree to be on, let's say, Real House Husbands of Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Do I owe you a certain number of hours per week? Is there a no. certain number of weeks that you're going to be filming? Yes. What do what what am I like? What is the structure going to look like? What what yeah? What am I yeah. what am I what am I promising you? Yeah. So on a, on average, if you sign up to do a reality show, it's approximately three three months of filming. Um, we film five days a week for three months. If it's an ensemble cast, you can film maybe two to three days a week at the most, um, and then for Not hours, much. maybe three to four max hours. Oh, um, not much. Days. Is, that's that's, that's the thing, not, it's not much. It's not, a, it's not intrusive at all. No, it isn't. It isn't. No. Again, a lo- I think a lot of people think reality is intrusive to where you're shooting 24-7. There's cameras in the house. When, when, the, when the producers leave, we hide cameras in the ceiling. Or you're shooting seven days a week. It's, it's not that way. That's the reason why a lot of people get into reality TV. That's the reason why a lot of our favorite... Um, um, childhood actors are in reality television. Garcelle Bouvet, fancy from the Jamie Foxx show, is the star of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And she did an interview where she said, I've been famous since I was a teenager. Right. This reality is a different type of fame. Like, I am famous famous. Um, <laughs> it's, a different, it's a different reach to, the, to, to an audience. And that's the reason why a lot of people, Teray, they sign up to be on reality because they're like, if I can be in your home every week and show my real life in the matter of minutes that I do and I get to promote my product, sign me up. 
<laughs> it, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it, it, I'm surprised that it's so little. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I wonder the pressure you feel to make sure that there's a storyline, that there's conflict when you aren't, you're not dominating their lives. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Again, everything starts with casting. Um, when you cast someone, you understand the conflict they're already going through. You don't have to. There, and, and again, let's let's just debunk the myths. I think a lot of people think producers are like behind the scenes conspiring and has yeah. this crystal ball of like, yeah, let yeah. let let's, which is you which sh- is honestly. And I'm you should tell her what you you should tell her what you really feel. Go back in there and like make sure she doesn't trample on your reputation. And no, no. Again, that's the myth that people have. No, and again, I want to make it very short. That may happen on other shows because again, I have heard that happen on other shows. Um, but the the secret to my success is the fact that I am so honest with my cast in terms of. Hey, this is what you like again. The infidelity storyline that this couple was facing, right? Um, it was a conversation in terms of this is what's really happening. I want to make sure you guys are comfortable discussing it. And the only thing they said to me was, "Let's just make sure it's what we want to do. Like, let's make sure it's, it's our story." Absolutely, I'm not going to have other people tell your story. It's your story, and they did it so wonderfully. Um, and what was sad about that destruction of the relationship was a lot of the audiences still are rooting for them because you wow. saw you saw the attempts in terms of making things right. So, no, if you're doing that, you're lazy. You don't know how to do your job. Um, you cast the wrong people um, and you should maybe go work for Shondaland. <laughs> no shade, because that's beautiful. No, that's beautiful- you're creatively making stuff up. You're not supposed to be reality. And, that, and, and and I will say this to you. There's producers who come from the music industry or other in or other um, mediums of television or just um, the business. And they think, again, reality is easy until they're in it. And they're like, wait, I got to wait and figure this out and based on what they're doing. Absolutely. That's how it works here. And they're like, I can't tell her to go there and talk shit. So is there for you, because you're you're kind of watching as they're filming, right? Yes. So is it a lot of times like watching paint dry that we're just kind of watching and nothing's happening? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And that's the reason why we shoot for um for for three months. A lot of time is watching paint dry. Um, a lot of times things don't happen. A lot of times, um, like I said to you earlier, people are like, I don't want to talk about that. You don't? No. Okay, well, let's go home and we'll figure something else out. Um, but no, I, 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 no, I think a lot of people also think that the moment you um, have your camera guys hit the record button, that it's like fireworks. And it's, no, it's, it is funny. If you listen to other reality stars against, a lot of them would say to you, those dinner scenes to Ray that you may see certain clips on, you're there for maybe three hours. And what you're watching is 15 minutes of it. Right, right, right. Uh, um, it's amazing how little you say you are affecting the world. Because I'm sure that we, I know that most of us thought, surely the producers are shaping this world more than you're saying. Um, how, wait, wait, so, 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 when you get a first look with Own, I'm sure at some point you are meeting with the queen and, and talking <laughs> with her. What is, what is it like to have an audience with Oprah? What is her sort I mean, like what, what is the creative relationship? Is she like kind of, kind of giving you some inspiration in terms of like, here's what I, you know, like, like, you know, do it like this or, what what is it? What is that whole relationship? Yeah, well, what's funny is I met Miss Winfrey back in <laughs> two thousand. Yes, because I'm. Why are you going, Miss Winfrey? Boy. Everyone call her Oprah. You are. Well, no, I listen. I'm from the Midwest, and I've always been told this. You refer to your elders or respectable people by Mister and Missus until they tell you to call them by their first name. Okay. 
So until I am told okay. by her to call her by her first name, I will always refer to her as Miss Winfrey. My mama raised me right. So okay. when it comes to Miss Winfrey, I met her to back in 2010. I was a field producer, right? And my job was to document the final season of her talk show. Mm-hmm. And I moved to Chicago. We spent a year in Chicago taping the final season of her talk show, doing the behind the scenes version of that mm-hmm. show, right? Because mm-hmm. that show was going to be the flagship for the Oprah Winfrey Network that was launching in 2011. And we had a great camaraderie then. I was this little whippersnapper of a producer. So to be able to years later have a first look deal with her network is a dream come true. Um, I don't have meetings with her about what I want to do. The beautiful thing is she and the, the network executives, they give me full autonomy to do my job. And obviously she has final say in everything. So any show that I create gets a yes or no um, is courtesy of the executive that surrounds her. So although I may not have these daily meetings or interface with her, um, she's still very heavily involved in the network and um very, very happy with the work we're doing. What is she like? Oh my gosh, she's a force to be reckoned with. And when I say that, you know how, um, and you, you would know this because you interviewed and met everybody in the world, Teray, who I'm, what I'm talking about. So, <laughs> you know how, well, let me ask you this. Have you ever met a celebrity that literally was larger than life in sure. the sense of their presence? Yeah. Is this... It's this power that they have over you that you feel the, you, you know what I'm saying? Like you feel their presence. Yeah. When I first met her, and this is a true story, Teray, <laughs> this is going to sound so dramatic, <laughs> but I had the wind knock me off my feet. I was just like, this presence is huge. And I'll speak for myself. I immediately was aware that you are in the presence of a powerful woman. And it's, it's just, indescribable. But because just, it's you, do you see what aura. I'm saying? Just the aura was giving yes. you. Yes. Who was that for you? I'm curious. Because I want, I want you to feel what I'm feeling right now. Who was this epic presence for me? I mean... The name that's coming to mind is uh, Barack. And Mm. before he was president, the first time he came to New York as a senator, when he was campaigning to, I'm going to be president or want to be president, Mm -hmm. there was an event. There were a whole bunch of events, but there was an event I went to at L.A. Reid's house. And, you know, he was just there, you know, answering questions and doing his thing. And it just seemed like just this, this, aura, this charisma, this like, I'm on top of everything. You know, there were a hundred people there asking him all different kinds of questions. And he was on top of, I, 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 I got in, I snuck in uh, my question because when everyone went to raise their hand, I yelled out, Mr. President, even though he's still a senator, he was being like, you, what's your question? (laughs) I know that's going to work. But um, yeah. That's what it felt like to Ray. That's what it felt like. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, she's coming with this humility, this inspirational Mm -hmm. guru goddess sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I mean, there's all this extra sort of stuff with her. She is a powerhouse and I'm a very spiritual person. So it was by design that I got paid to shadow her. Like literally our job was follow her every move as she takes this talk show. So we got to see her in glam. We got to go home with her. We got to um, go with her to Australia. We got to be behind the scenes in her world. And I look at myself as a black boy from Detroit, Michigan, who had the opportunity to do that and to see the life that I have now, owning a production company, having a late night show on her network, having a podcast, it's all, it was all preparation of God's letting me know this too is possible for you because you get to see it firsthand. In the 
14 years that you've been in the reality world, the game has changed. But I want to hear you, not just for your shows, but just in general. But I want to hear you talk about how you, th- you know, because if we were going to talk about how, you know, movies have changed or how the NBA has changed, we could. So how has reality changed over this decade and a half that you've been close to it? People want more reality. And when I say that, they want more real stuff. They can spot a fake. They can spot with something scripted. They can spot with something's manufactured. We live in a world right now, Torrey, where the audience has access to everything. They have access to everybody. We can literally DM Beyonce and say, I like you. And she may be able to read it. We have access to everything. So when it comes to reality TV, that's what they want to see. They want to see access. I think back in the day, it was cute to have these sort of like funny moments. When you think about like Flavor Flav dating show, like we all love Flavor Flav and want to marry him. And it's sort of like, do you really, girl? Okay. <laughs> so we played along with the comedy of it because we knew that none of you girls want to marry Flavor Flav. But okay, we're going to play along because it's so over the top. We love it. Nowadays, you cannot have that show because people are like, I don't buy it for a second that all of you beautiful women are dying to be with Flavor Flav. I just don't well, buy it. See, it seems like there's a couple different kinds that are successful. I think about um, the profession show, right, where we're following somebody through their profession, quite yeah. often a, a real estate person, but sometimes mm-hmm. a doctor. Um, but then Netflix in particular is doing a lot of these put people, especially beautiful, sexy young people, into a situation but it's 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 it seems like reality, but we're completely shaping the situation in that we're saying you all can't have sex, but we're sending you on dates yes. and we're trying to make you want each other while telling you you can't. And it's a game that we're playing as you go along. And I'm like, am I watching? You know, this is put or, or what was that show where you have to choose somebody but you can't see them until you have decided love to is blind. love is blind, which I was like, you know, that show, there were not really any situations where like a nine ended up with a three. Right. And you would think, like, <laughs> right. Like you would think like you would, you would get one of those if you really had like, yeah. you know, like really like it, that never happened. Like nobody ever chose anybody who they would, as soon as they saw them, they were like, Oh my God, I can't be seen with you. yeah so for those shows we call that social experiments right and that is what people like it's sort of like what if you met the love of your life but you didn't see them but you got to know them so those social experiments are working um for that show i think the uh, the one you was talking about was too hot to handle. Yeah, where you can't touch me or you're going to get fined based on the money you have at the end so those type of shows, again, social experiments, is what people like because, again, it's a universal theme of love, which we all can relate to, but it's also the situation where we all are very curious about what if, dot, dot, yeah. dot. So that's what those shows bring. What do you want to do next? Oh, gosh. You know, I'm enjoying this podcast. I'm enjoying taping this late night show. I think what's next for me is to continue operating in that effort of just um, having more multiples within the business of my production company. Okay. You know, I would love to get into scripted for sure. Um, and really just continue to tell stories in various ways because I love doing it so much, you know, due to my background of journalism um, and media studies in college. So I think that's what's next for me. And, and we'll see what this late night show brings me. But um, is there a social experiment idea that is sort of kicking around in your head? Like, what if we could pull this off? Yes. And I um, have a development deal working on that. <laughs> tell me, a little, tell me a, just give me a little bit. Teray, I need to work. No, but I will say this to you. It has to do with the universal theme of love and relationships. Okay. And it's also what I just said earlier about what if dot, 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 question mark. So I know for a fact, Teray, you're going to love that one. Let me, I want to go in a totally other direction because you know about the Stanford prison experiment? 
No. It was from the, I believe in the early 70s, where they just took a random group of people and they were like, okay, you're the prisoners and you're the jailers. And you have to like play out that role for, I think they did it for like 72 hours or some something like that. And like, it's amazing how quickly the jailers took the job very seriously and how the prisoners conformed to what they're supposed to be. And shit got very hectic. I think they made a movie about it. And it was like, we have to stop this because this got too real and too wild. And I'm like, what if you did a social experiment <laughs> reality show around, around that idea? And like, how much are you going to go for <laughs> as a prisoner and as, as a jailer? That scares me already. <laughs> That's why I like it. That's why it's a good idea. Right. Well, they did say, do what scares you, right? So yes, I, I, I have to look that up. To, I, listen, I've never heard of that. But again, my background in journalism makes me very intrigued to see what that was all about. I've never heard of that. I mean, it's completely, it, it would probably not make air because every network would be like, no, we cannot run that. Like, what are you talking about? But like, can we once do a social experiment show that isn't about love and sex? Can we do something that really like fucks with people? <laughs> See, I think that's ratchet. So right? we cannot do that. <laughs> No, we can't. No, I I won't stand for it. That would be fun. Oh my god. Oh my god. What to what to you is the zenith of the form? What is you know like the greatest reality show of all time, or at least if there's one season of a reality show that you're like this 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 is the the wire, the Sopranos of our of our thing. Ooh, that's a good question. That's a really good one. Well, uh, there's two I things. Mean, I remember everybody was glued to Survivor that first season. The yeah. first couple of years of Real World was epic. Yes. I the season where they had Pedro on the Real World and he was dying that? of AIDS. That was, I mean, that was that like was, socially important television. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I think when it's all said and done, Tere, um, you will look back on this medium and give all the props to the Real World. Of, of what that started with Heather B and mm -hmm. Tammy Roman. And what's mm -hmm. our friend name? Um, Kevin. I'm having a brain fart. Kevin Powell. Um, Ke yes, Kevin Powell. And what that show did for the reality genre in terms of, again, what is it like for 12 or six strangers to live in a house together over the course of three months? Um, and you saw the reality of, wow, this could work. Um, I, 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 I will always bow down to what that show brought to this genre that I love so much. And it's because it was real and there weren't any expectations. You sort of was like, let's just see what happens and see if this shit works. And it worked and it still continues to work. It's funny you 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 give that the props. It, it, I mean, it's a landmark moment in television. But that's sort of the paradigm that we think of. We put them in a gigantic box that is cameraed like crazy. We don't let them really leave. They can't say no. We're just going to film the shit out of them for, you know, until they lose their minds. I can't take it anymore. I'm on camera 24 <laughs> hours a day. They're showing me sleeping like, oh, I'm losing my mind. Uh, but like that, <laughs> and you're right. And they were definitely like getting them to drink, like when they perhaps shouldn't have, like that. I mean, you know, that was a social experiment that didn't act like it was a social experiment, right. but completely was. Yeah, because there was no prize at the end. You didn't win anything. That was the right. beauty of that show, though. You didn't win right. nothing. You didn't right. win love, money, nothing. It was like, come on the show, expose your life, and I'll see y'all next, like, I'll, I'll see you in the future, maybe. <laughs> but what Kevin Powell, Heather B, and Tammy Roman did, and it's no surprise, I'm talking about the black folk, what they did was they took that opportunity and did something with it. Mm -hmm. And that's what I implore for my reality stars. I always say to them, take advantage of being in people's households. You, mm -hmm. you, you have to do that. What do you want to cultivate in terms of your business? Do something. Seeing Heather B on um, Sirius XM Radio with our friend. Again. Mm -hmm. oh, why am I a brain fart today? 
Mm, Sway. Mm -hmm. Sway, thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, Tammy Roman is still still relevant. 20 years later. And then you have Kevin Powell, who's an activist and a political commentator, a journalist. Um, Again, they have proven to you that this is how you do reality right. And I will always give them the credit for it. That's our show. Torre Show gives you fuel to power your dreams because you can use your dreams like a rocket ship to blast you into a life you never imagined. You can make your dreams a reality, and maybe this show can help. You can find me on Twitter at Torre and on Instagram at Torre Show. Torre Show is written by me, Torre, and produced by Jennifer Ford. Our editors, Ryan Woodhall. Our photographers are Chuck Marcus and Shanta Covington and Nick Carp. Our booker is Claudia Jean, and we're distributed by DCP Entertainment. And we will be back on Wednesday with more amazing guests because the man can't shut us down. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered.